Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Final hour, the night shift, 610 Sports Radio, the Odyssey app. However you choose to listen, we thank you on this Thursday evening. Two days, less than two days now, like a day and a half away from exciting preseason football. I, I've been saying this all show. I'm. This is the most excited I've been for meaningless Chiefs football in years. And it's because we have, I, I think we all agree, this is probably the most exciting Chiefs rookie draft class in a long time, maybe ever, because there is a lot of talent. A lot of the experts were raving about this, around, about this group. And if you just like you look at the measurable of these guys, you look at the tape from college, like there's a lot of potential there, a lot of talent there. And they're in spots where the, the Chiefs could definitely use some pretty great talent. So uh, I've been talking a lot about preseason football, about the Chiefs and training camp thus far. If you missed any of that podcast page, 610sports.com, make sure you check it out. We will replay the uh, Ron Cop interview from uh, 630 in about 26 minutes. So uh, make sure you keep it locked here if you missed that interview. Cop is uh, he's great. Lead analyst at Arrowhead Pride had a lot of great things to see, say about what to look out for on Saturday in Saturday's game. So make sure you keep it locked for that. But I want to talk about the running back position, and I talked about this couple a uh, couple hours ago about how like one of my favorite hobbies is to watch old NFL games. Uh, my one of my favorite YouTube channels, big YouTube guy. Uh, is the NFL Throwback Channel. NFL Throwback Channel has tons of old games. They'll condense them into like 15, 20 minutes. And these games will be from 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s, just all types. Just a lot of times they'll do it where it's like, let's say the Chiefs and Steelers will have a matchup. Well, well, let's have an old Chiefs-Steelers matchup from years ago, from the 2000s. And it'll be fun to watch. And it's always good to to see all these names of players that played back in the day. And me as a football junkie, it's it's really interesting kind of reminiscing about that style of football. Well, I've been watching a lot of old Chiefs games. 
And I before Dick Vermeil was inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame last Saturday, I watched some games from the 2001 Chiefs team, the 6-10 and 10 team that uh, was quarterbacked by uh, Trent T-R-I-N-T Green because uh, he threw like 24 picks that year. He was awful. But the reason why I bring that up is because as I'm watching this style of football from over 20 years ago, and I'm comparing it to the NFL today, it just reminds me of what little value the running back position has. And I really started thinking about that when the news broke a couple days ago that Kareem Hunt wanted a trade from the Cleveland Browns, former Chiefs running back Kareem Hunt. Here's Ian Rappaport talking about the trade demand and then deni- and then the, uh, the uh, denial from the Cleveland Browns for that trade demand. I would be surprised if somebody traded for Kareem Hunt. And it's not just because, you know, he has the all the stuff in his background, which is how he ended up getting cut by the Chiefs and going to the Browns. And not everybody would want to take that on. Um, it's also like not a lot of people pay running backs. It's even worse value to trade for running back and then pay him. So my guess is nothing happens. He made his stance. He tried it, you know. The Browns have not come out publicly and said that they find that they would find him, but if you're sitting out team drills and then suddenly two days later you come back in team drills, I'm going to guess somebody said something to him that said, like, hey, dude, you should probably be involved in this. So it looks like it's going to be status quo. Basically, I'm sure that what someone said is that, Kareem, you have no leverage in this situation here. And that has been the change in the NFL. Running backs don't have the value that they used to have. And the reason why is because with the changes that have been made in the passing game, when the NFL changed their interpretation of the Mel Blunt rule back in 2004 so that they were going to more strictly enforce illegal contact, pass interference, defensive holding, they enabled the passing game to be better. And that meant that throwing the football just became a hell of a lot more efficient and effective than running the football. If you look at the all-time, you know, top rushers at 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 the uh, in NFL history, as far as like yards per carry, like take a guy like Barry Sanders, who averaged five yards per carry for his career, which is stellar. I mean, if you compare him with like the top backs in history, the only like elite all-time running back that even compares to him um, as far as like Hall of Fame level is is Jim Brown, who averaged 5.2. Um, he is by far one of the most effective runners, especially considering the fact that he played by some terrible lines in Detroit. He averaged five yards a carry. Compare that to Patrick Mahomes, who has been in the league, starter in the league now for four seasons. Patrick Mullins is averaging over seven yards in attempt, not a, not a completion in attempt. I think if you, if you factor in completions, it's like over 10 yards of completion. That's way more effective at moving the ball down the field than Barry Sanders getting the ball and, you know, 20, 25 times and moving it down the field, five yards per carry. That has meant that the running back 
has become less valuable to offenses. As passing has become much more complicated, it has become much more unique as far as the concepts around it. You're seeing an increase in talented receivers. You're seeing uh, a variance in the, the type of receivers out there. It's not just the big, tall, wide receivers that can just win those 50-50 balls. It's small guys like Tyreek Hill who can just line up in the slot or line up outside and they can just find the dead zones, the creases in the defense, catch the ball and just take it 70 yards down the field because they're faster than everybody. The game has changed so much that running backs have lost their value a ton. And that's where we come to today. If you look at the draft, the NFL draft in the past few years, running backs are falling constantly. It's, not that often that we see a running back get drafted in the first round. And that means that it's much easier to go get quality backs without having to sacrifice high picks. Cause you could probably get the top running back in your, in that respective draft class in the second round or late first round. Like I know a lot of people were very critical of the chiefs drafting Clyde Edwards, Alaire in the first round. But it was the last pick of that draft class, of that first round. The very last pick, it was the least valuable of the first round picks. And he went, and they went out there and they were drafting for what they thought was a luxury. They didn't know that their offensive line was going to fall apart the way that it did uh, that season. They went out and they thought they were drafting for luxury. Had they been in a position where they had a higher draft pick in the first round, they probably wouldn't have taken Clyde. They'd have taken probably best available at that point. Teams just don't value that position very much. And you're seeing that right now with the Kansas City Chiefs where I think we're seeing a a situation where Isaiah Pacheco could be this team's next starting back in the future. Clyde probably isn't going to get a second contract unless it is super team-friendly. Because teams just don't want to pay guys that kind of pay that position that much money. And so many teams now are taking that committee approach that one, you know, one really good running back isn't that hard to find. One good, you know, starting running back isn't that hard to find now. You can win just by having a committee. We've seen the 49ers do it. The Chiefs did it a few years ago. Chiefs have been doing it really, really through Andy's entire time, aside from the Jamal Charles years. But since Jamal Charles left the team, they basically had a committee approach for a while. Um, And it's been a, a situation that has proved that the Kansas City Chiefs and other teams like them don't value the one back that much. And I think that that just goes to show how much that position has fallen in terms of its value. I just feel like the, and it's kind of sad because you go back 20 years ago, you see guys like LaDainian Tomlinson. You see guys like Sean Alexander, guys like Priest Holmes, just carry the league and be the most exciting players on the field. You know, around that time 20 years ago, you were getting the back end of Marshall Falk's prime. So many talented players, and nowadays, I mean, usually by like 27, these guys are starting to fall off now. 28, these guys are starting to fall off now. Um, 
it's it's a sad thing to watch, and it just goes to show why Kareem Hunt had no leverage because nobody is valuing that position the way that you you think they should. So I I I just feel like it is it's it's unfortunate for Kareem because I know Kareem thinks that he's worth a lot of money and he's talented, but he's probably never going to see a big contract in his career. Coming up next, I tell you why Kevin Durant has all the leverage in his situation. Why? Why? If you have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Back in here on the Night Shift, 610 Sports Radio, the Odyssey app, Christian Nocero, Jed Marshall here. The news around Kevin Durant was hot late in, uh, in June, early July. Got real hot and then all of a sudden just cooled down. We've had some trickles of stories here and there. A few weeks ago, there was that story that got leaked out about the Celtics making an offer for Kevin Durant that involved Jalen Brown. And since then, we haven't heard anything. And uh, really nothing had, had, I mean, we had heard some trickles here and there. But then earlier this week, we get an update as we find out that Kevin Durant met with the Nets, the Brooklyn Nets owner, Joe Tsai, and he reiterated his trade request and said, uh, you either trade me or you fire our, the general manager, Sean Marks, and head coach, Steve Nash. So that has kind of thrown the NBA world into chaos because it's basically a me or them situation with Kevin Durant and the Nets. And... All that I've heard from like ESPN and every other source, I'll read on the athletic and you know, bleacher report. The Nets have all the leverage. Kevin Durant, he cannot force his way 
out of Brooklyn. And I've told y'all the whole time that this situation's going on. That's BS. But this right here is the first piece of proof that we have that the idea that the Nets have leverage is, is, is not true. And the reason why is because Kevin Durant flexed his muscle for ruining this team's title chances by reiterating his trade request. And the reason why is because this creates a distraction. And distractions, as we know, are the scariest things for professional sports teams. It is the, it's the one word that you hear about with these franchises that have championship aspirations that ends up throwing everything into chaos. When you hear the distraction word, it's scary as hell. Right now, Kevin Durant is very much becoming a distraction. What's going to be the story around the Nets this year if Kevin Durant isn't traded? Does Kevin Durant want to be in Brooklyn? And Kevin Durant has every right, you know, he'll he'll have every ability to derail their title chances. All he needs is a, 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 to sustain a bad hamstring injury or just a hamstring injury. Sprain an ankle. Have a sore quad. All he needs is something. Next thing you know, he's sitting out a week, two weeks. Those missed games add up. Those games end up costing them. There's, those are L's. All of a sudden, they're falling down the standings. They barely made the playoffs last year. They might not make it this year if Kevin Durant decides to make sure that he uses his leverage. When you're a team that has title aspirations, but you have a player that doesn't want to be there, that's the worst position to be in because that player can absolutely ruin and derail your ability to win a championship. The Nets have to cave in. They have to. I know that Kevin Durant still has four years on his contract, and they, if they wanted to be as facetious as possible, they could say, you're going to play these four years here, and they could just force him to stay there, and they'll pay him his money, and you know they basically are locked in a, in a stalemate. But that ain't how you go out there and win. And the fans aren't going to be happy with the Nets. The fans are going to get fed up and say, hey, you better get them the hell out of here because we're trying to win a championship and we can't win with them. It's in the Nets' best interest to get him out of there because he can wreck their chances. We saw it with James Harden. When James Harden was in Houston, he wanted out because they had been made they had made multiple failed attempts to get him help to win a championship there. And then eventually what happened was they got Russell Westbrook, things didn't work out, they traded Russ, and Harden still wanted out. And you know what he did? Cuz the 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 Rockets were like, "No, we're not trading you." He showed up to training camp overweight and he wasn't out, he wouldn't put his his best foot forward. He was not trying that hard. He was averaging way less points than he normally does. And after like a month or two, he was up there in Brooklyn. 
Same thing in Brooklyn. He was unhappy with living in Brooklyn, unhappy with the situation with the roster. He forced his way out. He just started missing games because a hamstring injury here, ankle injury there, quad injury. Oh, my back's hurting a little bit. Uh, Let me miss two weeks here. That adds up. And next thing you know, they're moving him to Philly. And now that he's in a place where he feels like he can succeed, he's in a place that he likes, oh, now he's going to put some effort in. He took a little bit less money this year to help out the the, the Philadelphia Sixers. And all of a sudden now, he might play great this year. He looked pretty good at the end of last season, except in the playoffs. But he started to show a little bit of something there at the end. He started to show a little bit of the James Harden that we knew from his Houston days. That's what happens with these guys. Nowadays, you have the power to control the team. If that team has title aspirations and you want to erect those title aspirations, they got to get you out of there. And that's why I believe Kevin Durant has the leverage to force this trade because the Nets, those fans are, are they're going to want to win as soon as possible. And if Kevin Durant is not putting his best foot forward, if he's not trying out there, then what's going to end up happening is the Nets aren't going to win. And when the Nets aren't winning, the fans, certainly they'll blame Kevin Durant. They'll be pissed at Kevin Durant. But they'll be pissed at Joe Sy. They'll be pissed at Steve Nash. They'll be pissed at Sean Marks. And they'll be like, y'all should have just traded him. Because now our team is in shambles. It's dysfunctional. And it is not. we're not going to be able to succeed with what we have. And they can't fire Sean Marks. And they can't fire Steve Nash. Because all of a sudden, you're basically making... Kevin Durant, the general manager slash head coach of the team. That's not something you want to you want to do. You're not going to make your star player general manager slash head coach. You got to retain some level of power in that relationship. Soon as you do that, soon as you fire GM and coach, uh, that's that's when it becomes his team. That's when Joe Sy is no longer the owner of the Nets. It's now Kevin Durant. So this is a situation that just it ain't good for both sides. They got to move him, save face, get the most that you can out of that, and and just move on to the next chapter because this is not going to be something that ends well for the, the Brooklyn Nets. Coming up next, we will replay the interview with Ron Kopp from lead an, the lead analyst from Arrowhead Pride. Oh, I like this. You you're you're a lion, Jed. You said I was gonna like this better. That was a good choice. Kristen Ocero, Jed Marshall back here on the night shift. 610 Sports Radio, the Odyssey app. Getting you prepared for preseason game one, Chiefs, Bears, noon kick on Saturday, and I am joined now by the lead analyst from Arrowhead Pride, Ron Cop. Ron, how's it going this evening? It's going good. I cannot wait to overreact to some, you know, one series of starters playing a preseason game. It is that time of year, overreaction season. I'm all about it. <laughs> I can't wait for Saturday, man. I is, can't wait to overreact to stuff. Is this the most excited you've been for a preseason game since Patrick Mahomes got drafted by the Chiefs? 
You know, that's actually a good question because, you know, it seems like every year you can like say like, oh yeah, this feels, you know, I can feel the excitement a little more maybe than the year prior just because it's easy to say that, but man, there's so much change on this team. It does, it is actually a different feeling and, and, and it is pretty exciting to think of all the rookies we're about to see for the first time, all the veterans in the, in the chiefs, you know, the uniform for the, for the first time. So definitely, it is definitely different for the first time. I would say since Mahomes was that probably since his rookie year. Well, you know, since he was a starter, you know, one of those years. <laughs> So let's say you're your head coach, Coach Cop, and you have to make a decision how much you're going to play the the ones in Saturday's game. How much are you giving? The, how much time are you giving these guys on the field? So yeah, I like how Andy does give them some time. I am definitely with him on that. I don't think it's it's it doesn't really make sense to me to to never have them play at all, or maybe just have them get one series in a preseason. I do think especially, you know, when they have some new weapons like they have this year. Uh, you know, I, I think last year with the new offensive line was also important. So when you have those new units, get them, get them definitely, you know, a few series in the preseason. I think it's smart to maybe just go one at first, especially in this game. You know, especially since we hear about this, you know, Soldier Field, you know, uh, the, the, the report coming out that Cairo Santos, the Bears kicker, was looking for the worst field or turf possible so he could simulate the, the Bears field uh, during the offseason kind of tells you that, yeah, I, we don't need to be stretching out the starters too much in this game, any important players. Um, and so, yeah, I think this game for sure, I would probably just keep it to one series no matter really what happens, honestly. Now, we're obviously, like, really excited about this rookie class. I mean, there's probably, like, what, four or five, maybe six players that could have an impact on this team in the near future. Of the rookies that will be taking the field on Saturday – who are you like most looking forward to seeing how they perform? Yeah, you know, I, so many to choose from, but honestly, I, I would look towards some of the defensive players, specifically the guys that kind of have that hard hitting, uh, you know, uh, reputation to them already, or that physical, violent reputation to them. I'm talking about guys like defensive end George Karloftis, linebacker Leo Chanel, even safety Brian Cook. All of them have kind of built uh, a reputation, or at least, you know, had that as they were drafted by the Chiefs. We all kind of heard that, oh, this guy is going to hit you hard. This guy is going to be, you know, give great effort, you know, be violent with his, you know, with his moves, with his, his way of play on the field. You know, you'd like to see that kind of come to, you know, come to fruition in a live game, right? You know, it's, it's, it's easy to maybe you know, see some of that stuff. You know, I thought Karloftis, you know, really, you know, work Andrew Wiley pretty well with some power in training camp, but you know, when you're in a game situation, kind of, you know, it's not a real game, but when the bright lights, so to say, are on, you know, it's, you want to see them kind of fly around and be that same kind of, you know, uh, violent, you know, kind of just a wild child kind of player, like they were kind of advertised to be. It'll be cool to see them for sure, see if, if they do kind of make any highlight reel, you know, hits, you know, just, just sort of plays with that kind of strong violence, physicality that they were kind of, you know, built to have uh, as a reputation. Now, certainly there's going to be some guys that are going to be playing for their jobs on Saturday as well. Who do you think of all the players that are kind of fringe roster guys, who do you think needs to have the best performance on Saturday? Otherwise, they're they're probably going to be losing their spot on the roster. Well, I'm going to go with a, with a guy that I really think the Chiefs want to make this team. They really have given him every chance possible to make this team. That's wide receiver Josh Gordon. I really think they want him to be on the active 53-man roster by week one. But right now, if, if they had to do the cutdown uh, cutdowns today, I do think a guy like Doris Fountain would, would beat him out for that sixth spot. Justin Watson, um, also in that mix, uh, I have him as the fifth receiver. 
But I really think the Chiefs, with all the investment they've had into them, you know, not obviously financially. I'm not talking about the money. It's been nothing, right? They signed them for nothing off the street in the middle of last year. But in terms of just the, the person kind of, you know, interested in develop, developing him back into a professional football player, I think Andy Reid has a soft spot for him. I think the team in general really wants to see him, you know, get to a place where he can contribute in some sort of way and, and be on the roster. But in training camp, it hasn't been impressive, man. It really hasn't. Um, he hasn't really done anything um, too impressed at all. Um, you know, I thought he did make one deep touchdown catch, but it was really just because he was wide open. It wasn't anything impressive. He did necessarily. All that to say, if he can make some plays in the preseason and if he can kind of show, all right, like I can be kind of that, you know, that playmaker you guys wanted me to be last year. We all kind of hoped he would. If he can kind of at least, you know, show that a little bit in these preseason games, these live action games, when he gets a little more opportunity, I do think maybe the Chiefs will be tempted to, even if a fountain or, or someone else may be a better special teams player, I really think the Chiefs, you know, with all the time they spent in them, want to, want to keep him around. So they, they want to see him do something this, uh, this Saturday. Talking to Ron Cobb, lead analyst from Arrowhead Pride. Another guy, I think, and it's not even really his fault. He's been hurt. But Jody Fordson, his quad injury kept him out up until today where he finally returned to practice after about a week and a half of being out with the, with the strained quad. Do you think, not in danger of, of being cut, I don't think, but do you think it could affect his position on the depth chart, having missed so much time, even though we've seen him be an integral part of this team in camp before he got hurt? Yeah, I do think so. I do think there's a chance, right? Because I think Noah Gray is in a similar position as Fortson as a, as a young guy that, that can still, that still has room to improve. It can still uh, prove to be, you know, a, a skilled pass catcher, a guy that can make plays with the ball in his hand. I think we all kind of got high on Noah Gray last year, uh, you know, with, with some of the, you know, some of the excitement as a rookie maybe died off a little bit, you know, with Fortson kind of maybe stealing some hearts as a, as a guy that's obviously a, a fan favorite. But, you know, yeah, I, I do think in these position battles during training camp, availability really does factor in no matter what. I really do think Fortson, no matter what, uh, I, I really think they want him on, or they want him on the team and he will make this team. I don't think, I don't think it, it'll take a lot for him to, to drop off the 53 in my opinion. I really think they like what they have in his red zone ability, his ability to go up and get a pass. We saw that last year. But again, you know, Noah Gray has, has similar traits in some aspects. And if he can prove to be a capable blocker and, and, and reliable hands, like I, I think we've seen in camp, I think he's, he's definitely had some reliable hands. He's been a, a, a reliable target for Mahomes. So, yeah, I do think it, it definitely hurts. I think Gray is, is, is kind of building some momentum as Fortune's been out. And, it, you know, it, it's nothing on Fortune's fault, but he does kind of have to maybe step up, step it up even a little more to, to kind of get, uh, get back that, you know, the reins of, I thought he was tied in too for a little bit in camp there. So I think he needs to kind of work back to getting those reins again. Now, another guy that we've been kind of hearing some theories tossed around about is Ronald Jones. A lot of people are kind of comparing him to Carlos Hyde from 2019, where um, they, it looks like they kind of value him. And then they all of a sudden just trade him to the Texans for, uh, for Rankin, get some depth on their offensive line, basically trying him out during the regular season and, and making him a trade commodity. Do you see that with Ronald Jones as well? Or do you think that this team's going to look to try to keep four halfbacks so that they can have an extended depth chart? Yeah. You know, I think they're going to give it all they can in the preseason. See if, if, if Rojo can kind of, you know, prove himself so good in, in the running downs uh, that he is worth keeping. But I really think it comes down to the fact that, he is not very good on passing downs. And, you know, you do want someone that can kind of be that change of pace, you know, under center, you know, be that run style back. 
But I think they may be finding that in Pacheco, and that may be kind of uh, hurting Jones' case as well. Pacheco is the starting kick return, it looks like, right now. And he's going to be, you know, on the 53-man roster. If he can kind of give you some of those hard, you know, run downhill, you know, when it's first, you know, second and short, that you might might have been kind of thinking that Ronald Jones could give you more than maybe the other backs on the team. If Pacheco's giving you that skill, plus also being the kick returner, right, and then also, you know, being a young player that can develop, I do think that's that's why you you maybe see Jones, you know, uh, get the boot. And honestly, they could keep four four backs potentially and still trade Ronald Jones. I think Derek Gore showed a lot last year. I was a big fan of his. It sounded like today he was playing with the second team while Jones was playing with the third team. You know, I, I think Derek Gore gives you a little bit of both too. I think he was a pretty good in between the, the tackles runner as well, as long as or as well as uh, you know being a good player in the screen game. So. I, I do think they have a kind of a, a really talented group of backs. Not, no one's uber talented, but just kind of all that fit the system to an extent. And I don't think Jones fits the system as much. And the the way he would, that under center, you know, maybe that, that those run-heavy plays, I think Pacheco can kind of take that role. And so then it's like, well, why is Jones around at this point? Final question for Ron Kopp here. Inevitably, every year, you know, once teams make their cuts, there's some players that are popular with fans or performing well in camp that end up getting cut. There's guys like Roger Johnson. You, I know you guys put out your, like, final 53 2.0, and, and you guys projected uh, that, that Roger Johnson, who's played pretty well at left tackle, uh, especially with Orlando Brown when he was holding out for a week, um, you had him not making the team. And certainly there will be some other options like corner. They're going to have to make some tough decisions. Receiver, running back, tough decisions. Who do you think of the guys who have performed well at camp, which one of those guys do you think is not going to make the final 53? Yeah, that is that is tough because you're right. There are some some candidates at cornerback. I mean, that's a jumbled room. You talk about a guy like you know Jalen Watson. He's been running with the first team at times just to get him rotated in there. He still could be the sixth cornerback now that Rashad Fenton is back in here. Um, you have Lonnie Johnson maybe factoring in the mix as well. So I think Jalen Watson is someone that they want to keep on the 53, but but depending on how the numbers shake out, they may have to play the risk of, okay, can we sneak him through waivers and get him on the other side? Um, I do I do want to say, though, someone I've, I've noticed in camp that I'm kind of, you know, I, I see a pass to making the roster, but not so sure if he will yet is, is Malik Herring, the defensive end. He was an undrafted free agent last year after suffering an injury during the pre-draft process. And, you know, so it was kind of a redshirt, for him, redshirt year for him last year. I think he can battle Kando for that last spot in the defensive end room. And I really think he's been more impressive than Kando in camp so far. But, again, you look at Kando, you see that size. You see he's a former five-star recruit. You kind of see those tools. It's still maybe one of those things that the Chiefs kind of want to see what they got in Kando before they, they kind of let loose on that. So I think Herring – could be a guy that maybe impresses you see him in preseason and might be a guy that we lose, you know, they, they kind of have to sneak, try to sneak through the waivers and may not even make it because I do think he's a pretty talented player. Is Kando the next Tano Passanio? <laughs> he's got the length. That's for sure. Yeah, I know. Uh, you know, I, I don't want to corner him into that yet, man. We, we, we haven't, <laughs> we, he was injured last year. You know, he's got the good excuses kind of, kind of on his side right now, but you know, it's a make it a break a year for him for sure right now. I, I that is Ron Cobb, lead analyst over at Arrowhead Pride. Ron, thanks for joining us tonight. Yes, sir. Appreciate you, Chris. And I I do agree with Ron on the uh, the comparison there with uh, 
where he very well could be a guy, Kando, Josh Kando, that could be kind of stashed on this roster. And, and, and because of that physical ability that he has, because of the physical talent that he has, and because he has a similar body type to Tano Passanio, a guy that they really loved, and they thought from a physical standpoint he could be a great player. They, they certainly did their best to try to keep him on this roster. And they they gave him as many opportunities you could give a young player like Passanio to to succeed as an edge rusher, and he didn't quite pan out the way that they liked him. They liked to, you know, he's a contributor uh, on that Super Bowl team, but he he wasn't the kind of edge rusher that they hoped he would be when they drafted him in the second round. I think Kando could be that next guy that they kind of stash and and try to give opportunities to, but. Man, there's some there's some young guys that they got, uh, you know, Herring and Karloftis and whatnot that could end up pushing him off this roster. Coming up next, I tell you what my biggest questions are going into preseason game one. Final few minutes here on the night shift, six ten sports radio, the Odyssey app. If you missed anything that was talked about tonight, you can always go on the podcast page, 610sports.com or the Odyssey app, and catch up on uh, all tonight's hot takes that came from me. Talked a lot about preseason game number one for the Kansas City Chiefs. I've stated this many times. I am so excited about Saturday's game because there's so much mystery around this team. There's a lot of hope. I've been to training camp twice since it started. Went Tuesday. Went the Saturday that, uh, um, I think it was like the first Saturday, Jody Fortson sustained his unfortunate injury. And this team has certainly given me a lot of optimism for it. We want to temper those expectations. It's going to be a tough-ass year. They got the second-hardest schedule in the league. So don't be so be prepared if something bad happens. If the team doesn't quite perform the way that we've been up, we've been seeing them perform the last four years. Be ready for that. But there are some big questions going into preseason game number one against the Chicago Bears. Obviously, the big one. How much will the ones play? I'll I I'll I'll tell you this. When I was at camp on uh, on Tuesday. Patrick Mahomes had a had a touchdown run when they did the 11 on 11 scrimmage. He was kind of rolling out to his right, no one was open, and he just scampered in untouched into the end zone. I mean, it's training camp, he's obviously going to be untouched, but I remember saying it the whole time. I was like, it's not worth it, Patrick. It's not worth it because I know how he is, and we've seen it in preseason games where he's done a little diving when he shouldn't be diving in meaningless games. And if I were Andy Reid, I would I might give him one series and then take him out. But to be honest, I think they should put him in one of those like glass cases like they do with the Pope and just keep him off the field. Protect that man at all costs. Keep him here in Kansas City. Don't keep him in St. Joe. Don't even bring him down there to uh to bring him up there to Chicago because I don't want there being any risk. That man, if something happens to him, oof, man, protect him. So I don't even want to see him play. I'm cool with watching Chad Henney throw footballs and then Bouchelle and whoever it is, Crum or whatever, the third quarter, the fourth quarterback. I'm cool with watching them play. I don't, I don't care. I just don't need to see Patrick Mahomes. I know Mahomes is going to be good. But 
What about the other one? What about Juju? What about MVS? It'll be interesting to see how they balance it out. Um, I do think that there is a lot of questions about the starting lineup, especially on defense, because we worry about the edge rush situation. Um, how are they going to balance that out? They got Dunlap. They got Frank Clark. They got Karloftis. They got Mike Dana. All guys have all those guys have seen time with the ones. Chris Jones, obviously. Um, they they made an acquisition on the interior with Danny Shelton, um, who most recently played with the Giants. There's there's so much that they're going to have to balance out. So I, I definitely wonder how much are they going to play the ones and how much the young guys on offense and on defense are going to play. How much is Sky Moore going to play? I want to see Sky Moore play a lot on Saturday. I want to see him get an extended look. We've heard so much about this kid in training camp. He's been the star receiver in training camp aside from Juju Smith-Schuster. How's he going to perform? I, I, I'm interested to see what George Karloftis does. One guy that we haven't been talking about nearly as much, and I actually kind of regret now not asking Ron Cobb about him, is Trent McDuffie. How's he going to play? McDuffie, the, the, the top pick for the Chiefs in the draft, a, a, a kid who is could very well play outside, could very well play slot. He could play all over the place. The, the, this is a kid that can play multiple different places in that defensive backfield. How is he going to perform? I'm really interested in seeing what they do there with him. And what are they going to do about the running back situation? Are they going to keep four? Is Ronald Jones going to ex- get an extended look so that they can try to trade him a la Carlos Hyde three years ago? There's just so much interesting things to, to look for in Saturday's game. So make sure you keep it locked here. Uh, we'll have all your coverage. Training camp from yeah around Saturday's game. Make sure you keep it locked here. Official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs here on 610 Sports Radio. Special thanks to Jed Marshall for doing all the hard work tonight. Keeping us on the air. Special thanks to you, the listener, for taking time out of your Thursday evening to listen to us. My name is Chris Ocero, and this was the Night Shift here on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 
Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.